Welcome to Fiction Authors Talk Books or Fat Books Podcast. This episode, I'm talking with the wonderful Letty Frame about how writing different cultures and parts of the world can trip up a newbie or seasoned author. I named this podcast Fiction Authors Talk Books because I wanted it to incorporate all aspects of being a fiction author in the discussions. Being an author is a stressful job with high expectations from both ourselves and our fans, so this will always be a chill conversation that probably goes off topic most times, but we'll still have some fun. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to see your favorite author on here, send them this link and they can get in touch with us at fatbookspodcast at gmail. We take all authors who write fiction and have been published as long as they're polite. Thanks for joining us and on to the podcast. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Oh my God, your accent. I love it. Everybody says that. <laughs> now, that's not standard British, right? You're not, are you northern? UK? Northern, yeah. So I'm from Newcastle, so right in the center of the north. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, you almost have like James uh, McAvoy. You almost sound a bit like <laughs> McAvoy. And I'm like, <laughs> but when we go to Scotland, we struggle to understand them. So it's great. No, it's fabulous. Okay, so Letty, welcome, welcome. Oh God, now I feel like Graham Norton. Like, welcome, welcome. You've never been here before. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> I've never been here before either. This is the first time we're recording. You're not the first episode, but this is the first time we're recording. So it's very nerve wracking. And I appreciate you being so bold as to try and do this with us. Absolutely. I was really excited when you messaged. <laughs> I'm just falling into your accent. I love it. We are going to be discussing the difference between UK and US writing, the slang, all the the ups and downs of all of it. I do want to say that the, I have a funny tidbit about that specifically, which is why when we started talking online, I was like, oh, this is perfect. When I first started moving away from smaller publishers that I used to work with and did self-publishing, Somebody posted to Facebook on my personal page to my professional page and emailed me, what kind of idiot am I that I don't know that color has a U? And I was like, okay, I I know that's a, that's a British thing. But so I went to reply and I looked and they were a quote unquote reviewer. And so I just replied on Facebook, like, what kind of book reviewer doesn't know that that's a UK versus US thing? Absolutely. I got so torn up. There were people coming out of the woodwork to to just ream me for bullying a reviewer. I'm like, dude, she came at me and said I didn't know how to spell color. So I I do validly get crap because I only like I know I spell glamour the UK way with the U. But it just looks right to me. So I mostly do US, but there are a few UK ones. Like, I think I use towards like you guys do. I use the word whilst rather than just while. Facebook, when I released it, obviously I read a lot of reviews. And I had seven within the first week that criticised the use of whilst. But yeah, again, it's a massive difference between, because obviously a lot of my market is at least in the US. So for them, they do say it a lot. But to me, I was like, it's just British English. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never really get, even when I was just, I don't want to say just a reader, but when I was solely a reader, not an author too, I never got caught up on that stuff. Never, ever. Well, and it's funny because you, there's so many different dialects just in the U.S. that like you could, it's its own languages in certain places that you can't understand. Well, you're used to that because, you know, you've got, you said you're from Newcastle, so that's North North England versus then Scotland, Ireland, 
and I hear London UK is its own. Oh yeah, even the difference between us and London is intense. Honestly, things like bread buns, what you'd like put sandwiches in, burgers, burger buns. Oh, so the good stuff that we're not supposed to have like parts. Okay. Yeah, but even just mentioning that, it's called something different, even just across the UK, never mind across the world. So yeah, it's it's honestly very fascinating to write British characters, but I always make it like they've they haven't been there that long. They've lived in the U.S. for a while because it's just easier and like you don't offend people as much. So that's always for me, that's always the hard part of like, how can I incorporate and enjoy like this accent, this way of life and not offend anyone, not overplay it, not, you know, I, I, do you do you have a lot of that too? Working, you know, trying to do U.S. characters, or all your characters are U.K. ones. So all of my characters are U.K. But I did do a co-write um, where the other three girls are American, the other authors. So it's not just spelling and like obviously word choices that is a big thing. It's even like dialect and words. So oh, for sure. I was allowed to keep, so it ended up being that my character was from the UK and she was an exchange student, but the other characters were American. So I had to make sure that I edited and that's why your editor comes in so handy because it was so difficult. Now, do you, you publish through publishing houses or are you self-published mostly? So self-published completely. um, So obviously everything's finding people myself. So your editor is a UK editor? No, and um, so my editor. Oh, really? Yes. Um. All actually. So I've worked with three editors, and they've all been American. Get out! That would be so difficult. <laughs> that would like make it so much. Uh, I mean, for them, even not just you. When I was looking for a new editor a few years ago, because my editor I had been working with, her MS was acting up too much. She couldn't just keep up with it. So much love to her. I hope she's doing good. But uh, I had to look for a new editor, and two came, were UK, and I was like, you know. Uh, if I ever need something UK-ish, I, but it's, it's just too hard. Like I think going back and forth, but yeah, I didn't know you had American editors. I guess, I, I guess I just, like, that's one of the things you kind of just assume, like, you know, you would think like the whole it. system is from your neck of the woods then. So I think a lot of the indie community, or at least where, what I found, a lot of it is American based. So a lot yeah. of the ones I meshed really well with were American. It was really beneficial, obviously, for Look, because they could highlight all of my inconsistencies, like even just slang words that wouldn't be used there. True. Because even if, like, my editor now is mi- is from the Midwest where I was born, but she's not a Chicago girl, and some of my characters are from Chicago, and she's like, this this isn't grammatically correct. And I'm like, yeah, but it's what we say. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that is a good point. I guess you would have that no matter what. Even if it was a, a Londoner versus, you know, Newcastle or whatever. Difficult. <laughs> but it's, I think it helps because it makes you consider things from both perspectives. Oh, for sure. Something. And then I'll be able to say like, yeah, okay, that definitely works. Or no, this is definitely what I did mean to say. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, this is an error. I think the biggest thing was when I first started writing, where do I try and make it as if I'm writing from America? You can't have both. <laughs> You need to stick with one because it's things like I was using mom versus like our mum or ma'am, but I was also using actual words. That took a bit of adjustment, but I think I'm pretty consistent. Well, I am consistent in my British English with it now. So I think you said that you've actually read my books or some of them. Yes. 
<laughs> okay. So I was going to ask you, how am I doing then? So the Enchanter, he goes to the UK and I found it all fine, to be honest. But then I don't, I don't think I nitpick. And it's not in an offensive way, but some readers do really get so immersed that they do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Some people, and it's like their bread and butter to it. pick on. The one I'm always nervous yeah. of is, is Artemis because I've got a, a guy from originally born in Ireland who moves to the US and then I've got Londonish teacher that yeah like I was stressing because I there are different types of full English breakfasts by you guys yes and I was is. so scared I'd get the wrong one <laughs> it's so crazy but this actually came up in luck as well where they described a full English breakfast but they included things that wouldn't typically go on like a northern breakfast the kind of things you just don't consider are they oh for sure and like I research everything like I'm not to give spoilers but spoilers Tamsin is doing another food challenge and I look up every restaurant I look up every like I get them from videos I look up every challenge and like yeah this one is like a full English in Dublin and so it's different than the one that I've learned from like the London full English, but not really like white blood sausage versus black blood sausage, which I don't think I want to know what that difference actually is. <laughs> Though the yeah, food differences are amazing. And that might actually be funny for us to talk about. But what is the one that's like spotted dick? Tell me that's not like <laughs> bull balls or something. It's a cake the pudding so you'd have it like a dessert sorry that you would call it it's quite nice it's basically just fruit and you tend to have it with custard it's quite oh. nice well that sounds why did they call it spotted dick <laughs> <laughs> who came up with that name they're out i have a friend actually an author friend that lives outside london and she was always confused oh poor boys they're called poor boys from Nolan's kind of vibe but she's like I don't understand why it's it says like it's fried shrimp on there why is it for poor people <laughs> so the things that always trip me up are for the longest time goldfish I didn't realize that they were so we would call them just we've got like Ritz crackers and things like that cheeses which would be similar yeah we have cheese it's they're square where the goldfish the whole thing is it's really popular for like toddlers to have a bag of goldfish because it's easy for them to grab it's cute Toddlers was the one who was holding it. And I was thinking, why are they letting their toddler carry a goldfish around? Oh, jeez. <laughs> but one of my authors, uh, an author that I was reading, had wrote that. Um, and she actually had an adult who was eating them as well. So it took a while before I was like, okay, I need to Google this. And that's yeah. when I Googled it and realized there were actual snacks. Yeah, you said what I always do. I just Google it. I have so many people come to me. And I mean, they're funny discussions a lot of times, but I have so many people be like, I don't know what this is. Tell me. I don't understand the concept of a corn dog. Google's your friend. Like, you can look this up. And I was like, okay, so that's, yeah, that's probably a very U.S. thing at, like, fairground kind of vibe. Yeah, we don't have those. They're really good. I mean, they're not good for you. It's a hot dog and cornmeal uh, fried. It's very not good, but they're very good. Even in one of the books, I have it where he likes it with honey mustard and a pickle for each. Like, you put, like, a, a pickle chip for each bite and somebody's like that's not how you eat a corn dog i'm like honey that's how i eat a corn dog i don't you you do you on your corn dogs but that is if i eat a corn dog that is how i eat it and no shame to anybody else who likes ketchup or hot sauce or but yeah it's, it's just really funny because yeah you don't have them there and we've got about 14 versions here of how a corn dog works but not even like it's pretty much it's, it's sausage like fried in batter isn't it 
Yeah, it's a cornmeal, though, not just like a, a regular breading, like fish and chips kind of batter. It's not like that sticker made from ground up corn, basically. Sounds delicious. Obviously, we're British. We love tea. So one of my biggest pet peeves is that you guys don't have kettles to like heat up your water. We have, obviously, we rely on kettles so much. And it completely shocked me that people will heat their water up in the microwave to make their tea. For tea, you need a kettle because I normally make a pitcher of it. I love tea. I just love my electric kettle. It even lights up and it's super cute. But the other thing with tea as well is that we call it, again, this is a north and south divide in the UK, where it's breakfast, dinner, tea or breakfast, lunch, dinner. Okay. And quite often, I call it tea. So we use breakfast, dinner and tea in our house. And for a very long time in my writing, I've now had to transition to not using that because people just assume that my character is just constantly drinking tea and it gives like an inaccurate view of what's actually going on. I love tea. I actually, now, does it not consider tea to you guys if there's no milk in it? Because I like milk in my tea. Take like tea black. I think that's kind of like coffee where, but you guys have creamer as well, whereas we don't. But to me, you've got to have milk in your tea. You've got to have a sugar. The order you make the tea matters. <laughs> it depends for me. Like if it's if it's like a chamomile or like at night, I love putting in a little bit of milk in my hot tea. But like right now, I'm actually drinking spearmint tea with some local honey. But yeah, that would be a weird one to add milk to for me, the mint. Oh, I, I do like mint ice cream, so maybe I'm just a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but I drink a lot of hibiscus tea, and then I mix it with like sparkling water and apple cider or some kind of good fruit, good for you fruit, like a dragon fruit juice or something. So I'm an infusion kind of person where I just like trying all the different things. We, when we're referring to tea, quite often ours isn't like herbal tea. It's genuinely just like a normal tea bag. I don't even know how to describe because it doesn't really have. Like I have had, you know, like chamomile tea and things like that, but it's normal. Yeah, I like a a, a nice black tea, but then, yeah, I want milk with it. So apparently I have yeah. some British roots somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish we had like more meat pies. Like you guys have meat pies over there. And that always sounds so good. The pasties always look so dang good. Pasties. Yeah. Oh, pasties. Sorry, I said it wrong. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. <laughs> So you don't have things like that, like mince pies, chicken pies? We have a chicken pot pie, but there's always peas and like this gravy sauce in there. Oh, wow. See, so we have, I don't know what you would consider it, but we have Greg's, which is pretty much a staple to the point where you can't turn a corner in a city centre without a being a Greg. It's a bakery chain and it has lots of savoury products, you know. Now I just want to go down the rabbit hole for research. <laughs> <laughs> they do a lot of sweet treats, but they also have their savoury stuff, which is like their sausage rolls, their steak bakes and things like that, which a I think would be quite bake. <laughs> A steak bake sounds <laughs> good. My partner really loves them. It's in like a gravy kind of sauce in pastry. I'm not Ooh. selling these yet, I don't think. I like the um, the buns, the steamed buns with the meat inside, like the, the barbecue pork or whatever. Like, it's, oh, they're so good. But yeah, I just, I always see like, or hear people talk about like the meat pies. And I'm like, why don't we have more of that in the US? I want meat pie. It sounds so dirty when I say it like that. Like, I want meat pie. As I'm looking at the map of your place and you have an aisle of man there. <laughs> Will you still love me tomorrow if I say I'm not a fan of beans? Of beans. I don't know why the cons like the mouthfeel <laughs> for me 
and maybe I need to try them again as an adult, but I am just, I don't know why. It's like the texture or something. When I bite into them, I just don't like beans. I will still be your friend. We'll have beans on toast as well. I feel like some UK people are like that with the beans and they're like, I can't be your friend. You don't like beans. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I like the sausages. Give me all the eggs. Like I love tomatoes with breakfast. Most people, most Americans, I don't think like tomatoes with breakfast. Fried tomatoes oh, and right. mushrooms? Absolutely. Give me that for breakfast. That sounds delicious. <laughs> but I just... Well, beans is your hard limit. <laughs> Will you eat hash browns? Oh, for sure. Yeah? Oh, yeah, That's we have hash browns here. Beans. Oh! Yeah, you forgive, you'll forgive the beans <laughs> if I eat hash browns. I'll even call them <laughs> chips when I'm in the UK because I think it's I think that's endearing. I'm not oh, one of those where it's so like, no, they're French fries. You call them whatever yeah. you want. They're just good. <laughs> Um, how do you feel about pizza? I'm from Chicago, where the only pie I really love is a pizza pie. The deep dish, I'm sure you've probably seen it in movies or whatever. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Okay, but I don't judge New York pizza. I love New York pizza. I like <laughs> California pizza. They're all different buckets for me. It's like different desserts than when you get so far off. But my pizza of choice is a Chicago pie. I've always wanted to try one of those because we so have good. Chicago town, which is obviously going to be a very poor imitation and I so badly wanted to. Yeah. A real Chicago-style pizza is at least a couple inches deep. Oh, you are going to be so sad because our, our deep dishes are probably only about, not even an inch deep. You know, you expect it in a different country. Like, I would, yeah. if, if, if they told me it was a Chicago-style pizza in Italy, which I wouldn't, want in Italy I want the authentic Italian stuff oh, yeah but if they did it I wouldn't be like offended <laughs> so we've talked about food what else trips us authors up when writing about another country the other thing I've found because I have an author friend who lives in Australia and she was coming to visit and we were gonna meet up and she was like, yeah, let's go see New York. And at the time I lived in Georgia, I was like, that's great. That will take us a day to drive there. And she's like, well, no. I'm like, yeah, it'll take a day or two to drive there. Like, <laughs> it's like people from other countries. And I get it because I would probably be like kerfuffled that you not how not to pick on the UK, but how much smaller it is than us. So like I talk to people and like you don't understand the vastness it can take. There are states where it takes eight hours to get from one side to the other. Oh, see, the UK is nowhere near that size. I think it's something like we can fit in Texas, like the whole of the UK. Yeah, I've heard that. That's, it's, it's I mean, insane. it sounds crazy. Yeah, it sounds super crazy. Yeah. I'm using you for research purposes, but how is the channel? I heard it's really cool. Have you done it? I haven't, no. <laughs> like tell me about the channel and you're like i don't know Oh, to france doesn't it that's what i heard that it's like how you guys get to the mainland of europe so i have been but every time i've done it i've done the ferry i didn't know there was a ferry option i thought that was like the only way or you're flying so how long is that ferry because that's i would think the english channel is not short oh six hours but bear in mind it was about six years ago so my memory is rubbish it's we had done school trips when we go to france we would do like day trips there from newcastle to Dover, I think it is. Okay. Get the ferry straight across, and, and then you're in Versailles, maybe. How easy is it to just like, okay, you're in France and you just want to go over to Belgium? Some people.
people make it sound like it's just traveling between states here and so other people make it sound like you just like kind of show your ID <laughs> or it's harder for you guys now that they're you've brexited right even before that you'd still so you'd need your passport with you um but we had like a, we'd had a separate little the UN where you just go through part of the EU sorry you could just go and it's obviously still queuing and things like that now we're all separated into the main queue and it can add hours onto a travel like in at the airport there's separate check-ins and things like that but yeah to Belgium shouldn't take too long so I've been to France in cities within France I've done Paris and a few smaller places I've done Turkey Spain oh where else have I done I've done different places in Spain as well see it's so different for us because us going to Spain with hours on the plane coming to America I've heard like I was talking to a friend because we're going to Disneyland um in 2024 with my little girl which is a full-on it's like a full day of travel for us oh she yeah was saying how it's like a 12-hour flight and I'm like what <laughs> It was insane to me because I can hop on a plane, hop on a plane to Spain, and it takes two hours. Oh, that's insane! I would love that. It's a completely different country. <laughs> yeah, it would take me a while because I'm outside Boston, so it would take me several hours, I think, to drive just to get to Canada. But like, if I wanted to go to Mexico, that's like, yeah, that's that's a long flight. I think I honestly want to visit you guys. I've I've always wanted to see the UK all, you know, go all around. I've honestly only ever been to Canada, Mexico, and Italy because I, yeah, I just don't travel. I get very anxious with flying. And plus I just, I haven't been taking many vacations because I'm saving for a house. And that has been like my sole goal of just getting my own place, my own space, my own everything. You know, it's, it's hard being in an apartment or renting. So is it not quite common I, again this could just be stereotyped for americans to live in apartments or is that just in like new york no it's very common there's there's tons of apartments all over it depends if you're rural like you, there's not going to be an apartment complex in the middle of nowhere nebraska yeah. it's super common to have apartments and live in them and it's not normally houses it is super common i'm just a pain in the tuchus <laughs> no i just i get very distracted easily i like my island I need like a security bubble or uh, I'm not an actual island, but I need my own island to function better. See, I like to hide in a molehill sometimes and just disappear. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's so different having a backyard, even when I was renting in, in Georgia. If it was late at night, whatever, early in the morning, let Vader, my dog out and, you know, we'd play some fetch, we'd, we'd do whatever. It was our own little thing. And then, you know, sometimes yeah. I'd see people... If I, when I was taking out the garbage or doing yard work or if I wanted to see people. But here in the apartment, it's like, okay, so I take Vader out four or five times a day. Even the walk this morning, I saw two different people. I had to stop and talk. I was, my, my mind was on my new book and it stopped being yeah. on my new book, you know. I feel like then you've also got to get yourself rest, ready and dressed for the day. You've actually got to get up and put in the effort to go out and I'd hate that. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, I've had people be like, oh, no makeup today. And it's like, I'm not putting on makeup for you. Like, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's like every time I go outside, I have to see people and they always want to talk. You can't be mean to people who I don't want to talk to. Like, it's just, it's that vibe of like, and I know a lot of, a lot of people thrive on that. Like uh, yeah. extroverts thrive. I am not an extrovert. I would like no. to only talk to my gaming friends or my close friends when I want to. Yeah. I live in it. I'm trying to think of ways to describe it to link it to you. It would be like 
we live like in a neighborhood there's lots and lots of houses about quite friendly with our neighbors to the point where you know you run out of milk you can go and ask one of your neighbors so we've got a three-bedroomed house and um, neighbors on both sides and there's a park not there's a park close by I'm immediately imagining like the Shire, not the Hobbit houses, but like when I hear Newcastle, I always think of the vast hills and the pretty, you know, greeneries. And I have that stereotypical Ed Sheeran video, basically, where it's all pretty and (laughs) wide open and... It's we've got some lovely, lovely places like Northumberland's lovely, um, but nothing like what you're imagining. It's literally like you know, like your housing associations where in that kind of neighborhood where there's lots of houses. I know you guys have that stuff. Like I'm just imagining like as soon as you step outside of the city area of Newcastle, it's like all pretty all around you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it's there is some lovely places like we like to go to Northumberland, yeah. And that's literally just it is. It's a big, she's a, a lady, but it's made out of like brass and hills. And Google would probably be the best bet you had it. So you could picture that. <laughs> literally, it's a lady. It's a pathway to the lady of the north. Um, And that's a big, nice, lovely walk that we like to do. So things like that are so lovely to go and do. And it's great. Like, it's not even that far. It's a 15-minute drive. Seen, yeah, I've seen this. Okay. Oh, this is so cool. It's a bit flat, but walking up the hills, they're quite steep. And it's the views even just stand on the top of any part of it it's great this is what i always think of when i think of like northern england it's like the the pretty yeah. fields the the picturesque sky you guys don't get as much rain as like everybody's always complaining about in london area we tend to, we do get a decent amount of rain but london does seem to get it worse it tends to travel upwards so they take the brunt of it or count on Edinburgh's the worst of it and passes it down. We're kind of in that little middle part. Gotcha. Uh, my theory, and my friend does not like when I have this theory, but my theory is because they complain so much about the weather in London <laughs> that <laughs> whoever is up there in the skies or in heaven or whatever, we're not getting into the religion, but whoever the powers of be, just dump buckets on them every so often. <laughs> when you come back from a holiday as well, you go abroad, you come back, you've had lovely weather, and then it just rains for five days just to ground you again. I want to give a big thanks to Letty Frame for coming on and diving into something different than she's used to. Also, to all of our fans for checking this podcast out. I hope you liked what you heard and decide to stick around. Please make sure to subscribe to the Fat Books Podcast on YouTube or Spotify or that little purple icon on your Apple device. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook to stay up to date on who we're recording with and when the episodes are coming out. There's also a Patreon if you want to support the podcast and keep it going. Now let's hear a bit about what Letty's working on and what's coming from her next. So 2023 is um, going to be a big year for me, I hope. Um, to start with, I'm doing my very first series. It's going to be complete and published into audiobooks. Um, so I'm excited to take that sort of dive. So I'm excited for that. Um, I'm, I don't have dates or anything yet. I've literally only just got into production with those. And they'll be all linked on my website once they go either for pre-order or live. I don't know how it works. So my goal is to um, publish 12 weeks next year. So I got pregnant last year and um, had a little girl. And so my schedule was way off. So my goal is to close out three series. Um, so the first one will be my newest release, Death is Easy. Um, I'll have a book release in January and the next one will release in February. Those dates are up on Amazon. 
Um, then in March, I will be releasing my Secret Witch next book, which is Unleashed Witch, with the goal by July to close out Secret Witch and Lottie's Story Destiny. So then I will have some new series. So all my pre-orders are up on my website and that's updated very frequently. I do it once every couple of weeks when anything changes. So follow me on Instagram for newest teasers for all of my books. I post on there every day with little snippets for each book that I'm working on. Thanks for staying until the end and hope you enjoyed it.